welcome to Kel's Wonderful Life. And so it is, dear listeners, that the celestial dance of the spheres goes on, and another year is well and truly upon us. This year marks a new turn in fortunes, and I find myself now safely ensconced at one of the nation's premier educational institutions, ready and rearing to embark on the next challenges of my career. I'll wager that the majority of you are already aware that my line of work concerns itself with intelligent mechatronic systems, that is, robotics, but I thought I might take the time to talk about one of the places where humans and robotics overlaps, exoskeletons. No doubt you've seen science fiction depictions of exoskeletons in film, computer games, and novels, such as the Iron Man suit, Heinlein's Starship Troopers, and the Power Loader from Aliens. You might ask, just how close are we to realizing the vision of human augmenting robotics? The answer is tantalizingly close, but not in the way that you might think. But first, some history. You might be surprised to learn that the very first powered exoskeletons were made around the turn of the 20th century. In 1890, Nicholas Yagen, a Russian inventor, received a patent for an assistive device to aid a user in walking and running, using pneumatically powered gas bags, or alternatively, a series of interconnecting levers and springs. In 1917, American Leslie Kelly created the pedomotor, a steam-powered system which used compressed gas stored in a backpack cylinder to drive tiny pistons connected to a network of tendons to help the human move. In retrospect, these early attempts seem laughable, and it's doubtful that any functional examples of their contraptions ever saw the light of day. But for sheer steampunk style, you can't beat them as an example of Victorian engineering centuries ahead of their time. It would be another 50 years before a credible attempt was made at building a power-augmenting suit. The 1960s were a golden age of building cool stuff because you could, not because it was practical. Of the American companies involved in early robotics research, General Electric stands head and shoulder above the crowd for having pioneering concepts ridiculously far ahead of their ability to be implemented. Grand examples include the walking truck and the Hardyman-powered exoskeleton. Hardyman stands for Human Augmentation Research and Development Investigation Manipulator. Weighing 680 kilograms and capable of lifting a tenth of a ton, the Hardyman was a colossal piece of equipment. It was chunky and awkward and required an equally colossal 45 kilowatts of power to operate. Walking in the suit was so ungainly that in practice it was easier to ride the suit rather than wear it. The whole suit was never collectively enabled for fear that it would become unstable and injure its occupant. However, it did succeed in showing that human power amplification with assistive robotics was possible, if not practical with the technology of the time. After the Halkian days of the 1960s, progress was slow. In the 1980s, Los Alamos National Laboratory developed a combat suit concept called Pitman, which was to weigh a quarter of a ton and fully encase its wearer in a sealed protective composite armor shell. The exoskeleton would be impervious to 50 caliber bullets and the full spectrum of NBC environmental hazards. In theory, the system would employ electromyography and electroencephalography sensors to detect the desired movement of the wearer and respond accordingly. Of course, in practice, the program was extremely ambitious and never left the drawing board, and instead became a template for the US Army Future Soldier roadmap. Future Soldier itself led to the funding of several DARPA projects attempting to achieve what Pitman and Hardyman could not. Amongst the forerunners of the latest breed of experimental exoskeletons are the Berkeley Lower Extremity Exoskeleton, or BLEEKS as it is called, and the Berkeley Lockheed Martin Human Universal Load Carrier, or HULK suit. In contrast to earlier attempts, the HULK and BLEEKS suits really do work, 
allowing humans wearing the suits to transport heavy loads without breaking a sweat, by relying on the powerful motors fitted to the lifting frames. Despite this progress, however, these systems aren't quite ready for prime time just yet. All the energy powering the suits has to come from somewhere, and one of the biggest drawbacks to the current efforts is the inability to provide long operating endurance with internal batteries, and the greater the load carried, the faster they wear out. Perversely, it turns out that just wearing a power suit is in of itself exhausting. Operating a contemporary exoskeleton requires the user to lightly push against the straps connecting the pilot to the machine. This is fine for short-term use, but for a soldier trying to hike through the battlefield, it very quickly wears them down. And so for now, military battle armor suits remain in the laboratory, waiting slow advances in power and control. One place where substantial advances have been made, however, is in the realm of assistive devices. Sometimes, the only load you really need to carry is the pilot alone. In the case of the Cyberdyne HAL exoskeleton, a wearer who may suffer from muscle weakness, but be quite capable of walking, can use the exoskeleton to support his or her weight, and then control the motion of the device to walk freely. In this way, people who would otherwise be confined to wheelchairs can regain freedom and independence. Similarly, the rewalk system uses a lower body robot prosthesis to move the legs of a wearer who has no lower limb muscle control or muscle tone at all. The user employs hand controls and crutches to move around upright, even though their legs are incapable of independent motion. This has the potential to make the wheelchair obsolete and give people with mobility limitations the chance to engage with other people at eye level and shirk off the stigma of being wheelchair bound. Better still, both the Cyberdyne and Rewalk systems are rapidly on their way to market, with the HAL system already available for hire to users in Japan. It won't be long before you can have an assistive-powered HAL suit of your very own. Of course, it might help their marketing if they consider naming their company and products after robots that don't kill people. As it is, powered exoskeletons have a bright future ahead, in the hospital, if not in the battlefield. This has been Kel's Wonderful Life, where it's always augmented, guaranteed.